0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the Tuesday, September 6th edition of the World Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Joe Bartlett. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports alongside me, as always, is Jake Letarski. It's finally time, everyone. We are days before the regular season. We've been doing all these podcasts, uh, different topics, and things like that to get us ready for this moment. We can discuss the waiver wire pickups, which will be happening each and every Tuesday moving forward. Uh, Looking forward to going over those guys with you. A few waiver wire guys right now that you need to consider week zero for your team. Before we do that, uh, we'll just make sure we can step away for a second and get everything going correctly. Jake, it's finally here. I mean, we, we, <laughs> fi- bummed, we have finally got to this point again. Uh, the regular season starts up officially mm-hmm. Thursday. I always want to say it's the Rams and Buccaneers because that was last year, but we have the, yep. the Bills and Rams this time around it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic game. matchup. Yeah. yeah couldn't, couldn't be better yeah. start the regular season, but yep. we are here and we are ready to get going again every week, moving forward every Tuesday, Jake, you and I will mm-hmm. be discussing all the waiver wire pickups that help you win yep. your fantasy leagues. We've I'm, to I'm just
2: pumped i'm happy to get back to the bread and butter the meat and potatoes this is our show you know we start this thing in july and try to do these 101 shows you know to satisfy all of our wonderful sponsors and whatnot but uh this is the show that i've been doing Uh, I think this is our third year together. I've been doing this waiver wire show for five or six years, pretty much since the very beginning. It's one of the football media things that I've hung on to because, well, one, it helps me personally with my own waiver wire, right? You know, if I got to run fab for nine different leagues on, you know, every Tuesday night, we got you here. But also uh, it makes sure I'm thorough and uh, doing the most research and, and, you know, sweeping everywhere. Just, uh, you know, we're going to say a lot of names. Not always are we going to be super high on a name, but we want to make you aware of all the names that are out there, give you all the facts and allow you to do the, uh, to, to do your own research and and hopefully set you up for success because while the draft is the most fun part of the uh, of the season, the waiver wire is where we, leagues are won and lost. So we're gonna go through position by position. Um, in general, we want to keep our recommendations to guys that are less than fifty percent rostered. Using Yahoo, you know, one of our main sponsors and partners in ESPN as well, one of our main partners as uh, as the baseline there. So we'll check in if they're under fifty percent rostered in those two leagues, uh, fair game. We'll fire away. But of course, you know. We know some of you guys are in A10 team leagues too, and uh, fire away at the questions in the chat. Get ask, get at us on Twitter because there might be some guys out there on the wire that are you know 70 percent rostered in the more traditional formats. There are some surprising names under our fifty yeah. percent threshold that we'll definitely get get to today. So uh, I'm looking forward to running through these down position by position. But I think first you got uh, one of those wonderful sponsors yeah. to rep us well, with.
1: Well, I was going to say it's it's important because you know when you have done your dra- when you have done your draft, waiver wire can be completely different. We, we did a bunch of drafts while we were in Vegas in the beginning of August, right? The waiver wire then might be different than if you did a draft two weeks ago. Uh, so while this information might be redundant for some – I think it's overall important to recap yeah. all that stuff absolutely
2: and I, I know uh you know I have tweet deck up while I'm looking at these shows right. and Peter mm-hmm. Schenke just tweeted you know he did the top 150 overall from our magazine and he said that uh only one really Tim Patrick he called it the healthiest preseason really that he can ever remember and that and that is truly the case I'm thinking that the other day no first round picks uh you know ended up getting, getting no, JK injured and Gus yeah, Edwards yeah. Is yeah exactly yeah. who I mean who are both injured anyway which we'll get to in a little bit um <laughs> but you know it's been a crazy healthy preseason so you'd think maybe less the normal there weren't a ton of huge names to get cut or a ton of big time late free agent signings but there were a couple depth chart surprises some backups that you should at least be on your radar if your league offers a watch list feature things like that um so hopefully we'll help you get that built
1: yeah. All right. And you mentioned those sponsors. Let's get to them. So Huffer pro- probably brings you fantasy sports in your complete control. Goodbye are the days of salary caps and house-based games. Instead, say hello to simple fan-made custom contests. On Huffer, you create contests on your own. You'll pick the entry fee. You pick the number of seats. You pick the athletes. You pick the stats. You pick it all. Choose between of Huffer's 12 different gameplays. Then set the basic contest terms and write the multiple-choice questions, which can be easy as... More passing yards, Mahomes or Brady. Let your sports imagination run wild. It's only contests made by fans for fans on Hoffer. All contests feature live leaderboards to track your progress during the game and full player transparency to see who are competing against each other. Unlock a $50 deposit and earn an additional ten dollars for each friend you invite. It's a whole new world in the DFS game, and Hoffer is available uh, is ahead of the pack. So don't wait. Download HOFR, again, Hoffer H O F R and challenge your friends. Today. Jake let's get into the quarterback conversation again mm-hmm. in particular this would be important for the flex super flex leagues the two qb leagues but we'll try to identify Mm -hmm. which ones are more roster than others in the different formats that we're basing this off just to give you some direction on these
2: exactly that's the beauty of fantasy football and that's part of the reason that we get to stay in business is because there are so many different league formats so many ways to play here so we're definitely going to get you settled uh you know in two quarterback leagues there are definitely some deep two quarterback leagues there are uh you know some dynasty formats that have really tight quarterback situations and of course then there are your standard redraft leagues where guys uh just with a good matchup, um, might be someone that you want to look at. Now, you know, I'm not necessarily saying go and, uh, you know, bench Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, necessarily, but, uh, there are some quarterbacks out there. For example, two of them come right to mind here, and those are Jameis Winston, who's 46% rostered at Atlanta, and Matt Ryan, 44% rostered at Houston. I mean, Atlanta last year, I mean, I'll start with Jameis Winston. You have to imagine the, um, the situation around him is, is much better. You know, there's no Kamara suspension yet. Uh, he's getting Michael Thomas back. He's got a rookie in Olave that should be helpful. He's got another free agent signing in uh, Jarvis Landry. That should be helpful to some degree. And, uh, I mean, he's got plenty of weapons. He's always going to, you know, he'll be a turnover risk as always, but 46% at Atlanta is about as good as you're going to get for a stream. Now, granted, most people, unless they completely punted quarterbacks in their draft, which is a completely viable strategy, most people don't have to worry about streaming week one, but you can do a whole lot worse than Jameis Winston uh, week one for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Uh, I will be posting this, not today, but maybe tomorrow or Thursday, I do that full rundown of all the different players I have rostered across my leagues and the percentages that we've joked now for the past couple weeks, Kyle Pitts is going to be completely on the top that he is. I only added more to that this past week in drafts. But Jameis Winston actually is going to be a sneaky, most rostered QB for me. It's been a QB too, and you think with the super flex leagues that we've done or discussed, uh, d- deeper leagues like that, I'm fine. I, I know I actually have some optimism that the Falcons will be better. We talked about the over-under yeah. win-loss totals last week, and I think the Falcons will be fine. Their defense isn't good. The one reason I actually like Jameis Winston mm-hmm. this week as well, the Saints defense isn't all that good. They lost two critical se- secondary pieces this past mm-hmm. week. I think the over-under for that game Mario and I had talked about on Friday's Series XM show was like 42 yeah. and a half. I'm taking the over on that, uh, depending on you know, if the line hasn't changed much significantly. because I think both offenses are actually going to be pretty good. So Winston... He might sneak into that yeah. low one QB one play for me this week, even though you yeah. want to really mess things around. I was him. just
2: surprised to see his name on the list. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be shocked in the least bit if he finishes a top fifteen quarterback. That doesn't necessarily mean the Saints will be above five hundred and go to the playoffs, but he can easily be a top fifteen fantasy quarterback there. And just you know, for a real life dilemma, here's an example. Dak Prescott I have. It's it's going to be Dak or Jameis in one league. Do I take Dak at home against Tampa Bay or Jameis on the road against the Falcons? That suddenly becomes a very interesting decision, and I'm trying not to overthink it week one. I'll probably still go Dak, but uh, Jameis makes a very compelling case here for me.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. You want to move on to a few of these guys. Matt Ryan is one yeah. that I've been interested in particular. Matt Ryan's going against the Houston Texans this week. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about the Texans and Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks. Still one of the worst teams in the league. Yep. Their defense is particularly bad. And the Colts, we think, are going to be pretty good. We have the Michael mm-hmm. Pittman thing, who are you are all over right now with Absolutely. Jake, which is great. And I think Matt Ryan's going to improve that offense overall. What are his figures going to be, though? Because this is still a run-oriented offense, and a defense mm-hmm. that's pretty good.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Matt Ryan, number two, not just because he's slightly less rostered, but uh, I think he'll be a fine quarterback this year. He should definitely be I took him as my third quarterback in a 10-team super flex after getting both Allen and Jalen Hurts early on last night. So I like both of those guys plenty. The only risk that would rank Ryan number two in streamers this week is, uh, you know, your blowout factor and uh, having this Hmm. be a big Jonathan Taylor-heavy game. Uh, But, again, if you're a believer in the Texas offense, this is uh, something
1: you may want to consider from the second tier of these wave of QBs, the Mac Jones is Daniel Jones, uh, Jared Goff of the world. Is there one that you like more than the other? Um, it's, it gets tough to see to me, Mac
2: Jones, Daniel Jones, you know, these guys are all on a pretty similar p- playing field. I kind of like the Baker Mayfield revenge game narrative. Mm-hmm. We although I could see that, that I, I could see that time. going very, very wrong. <laughs> um, I also, uh, again, this would, uh, He's he's lower on the ownership spectrum here, but Carson Wentz is only twelve percent rostered, and he's one of the I'll few teams. Yourself. He's one of the few teams that is at home among these streamers here that doesn't on the road, and he gets the Jaguars, who uh, you know, of course, we don't think particularly highly of. So, um, you know, I, I would be maybe more consider or maybe more inclined to pick up Carson Wentz over someone like Tannehill this week, for
1: example. Well, that's that's fair. I actually like the Daniel Jones play, especially with Harold Landry done for the season for the Titans there star pass rusher now the titans defense is still fine enough and i know they were the number one afc team last year they're also one of the more faker teams uh at least of the number one seats that i can recall and i'm a packers fan i'm aware of fake number one teams i i'm not certain the titans are that good in fact i think we both took the under on their win total this year i don't think they make the playoffs and while i'm i'm less certain the giants are going to be all that good because they made some questionable decisions right blake martinez was cut this past week Uh, it seems like they are going the opposite direction of competing. This is still a good spot for all those pass catchers of the the giants to be able to pop off. I'm not going to be going out there and recommending Daniel Jones in basic 12 team leagues, but I do think he's a, a decent enough super flex option. Uh, and he's available at 26% rostered, you know, across the league. You mentioned Baker Mayfield. Let's talk about Baker a little yep. bit more. And also, the I guess surprising news that occurred for some yesterday that Mitchell Trubisky, your boy, Mitchell Trubisky was named <laughs> the starter What's for the was Steelers. My boy, yes. Yeah. I I was operating on the assumption Trubisky was going to be the starter for the Steelers since day one. Yes, absolutely uh, and the third string reps Kenny Pickett was getting in the preseason didn't convince me otherwise. So mm-hmm. I guess for the people out there who are shocked by that pull your head out of here somewhere because that was not that big of a surprise. Exactly. I, I think Trubisky actually is kind of a, a sleeper, low end uh, QB two type of option. But I also think like you mentioned, Baker Mayfield revenge game. I feel more confident he'll do fine. The Browns are a dysfunctional mess. They're Absolutely. out without Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I think Baker Mayfield will produce enough to be able to start in super flex formats pretty comfortable yeah
2: absolutely and some of these you know that we're going to talk about on on this whole list it it is just housekeeping for your 14 team super flex type leagues here Baker Mayfield of course uh you know if you drafted in June you didn't know that you know Baker Mayfield was going to go over there and win the starter's job Mm -hmm. you know you had no way of knowing that and he was likely off your fan maybe still a borderline top 40 45 quarterback but mostly off the fantasy radar because you just didn't know what was happening. Trubisky, like you said, he's, you know, barely sneaking in the top 30 here, but, um, you know, for a lot of fantasy leagues, but uh, um, he's someone that, you know, will become relevant in those 14-team Superflex leagues. I mean, I've got plenty uh, – I shouldn't say plenty. I've got enough Deontay Johnson and a little bit of Clay- Chase Claypool this year that I don't want to contradict myself and say Mitch Trubisky will be completely trash, but those guys have been able to be successful with the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. So Trubisky, um, you know – Well, I think he maybe takes the Najee Harris value down just a tick, um, you know, because he'll be more likely to take off and run. I think he'll uh, he'll be fine enough to get you 15, 20 fantasy points in the game. No issues there.
1: Yeah. And Trubisky is more likely to throw a a pass longer than five yards, which would hurt Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. Mm -hmm. I I actually think maybe this is a crazy take, Jake. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I think Mitch Trubisky is better than what Roethlisberger was over the last two years, but certainly last year. It's certainly possible. So so this is going to improve the offense, and I think by default, Mm -hmm. even if Najee Harris loses some touches, uh, loses some of that volume, he might make up for an efficiency. I mean, he
2: spent those years with the Bears and Matt Nagy, and then he was a backup, and Mike Tomlin might be the first time he has the opportunity to start for a competent organization. So I guess you have to give them the benefit of the doubt
1: a little bit. I agree. Cool to move on to the running backs.
2: Yeah. Just uh, one of the one last bullet point here, I guess Zach Wilson for the Jets still hasn't technically been ruled out for week one. So again, you have to be in a pretty deep league if you're thinking about doing that, but uh, it's looking like maybe less of a chance to be able to stream Joe Flacco this week.
1: <laughs> Yippee. If you're really <laughs> looking forward to that, uh, let's pause, take a uh, break and give a word for our sponsors from blue wire. The video audience will be right back. Uh, uh, but yeah, for the, the audio, will be it'll take a little bit of time here. So.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster.
1: Okay, so we're back. Running backs in particular now. Our cover boy for this, at least on the YouTube side of things, we're looking for those thumbnails where mm-hmm. he mostert. I, interesting name now. After the Dolphins released Sonny Michelle uh, during the waiver wire cutdowns, so Michelle obviously signed with the Chargers. He's another name that we could probably talk about a little bit later on as well too. Um, I'm I'm not convinced Raheem Mostert's going to be the guy for the Dolphins but it's not like Chase Edmonds is either and I also mm-hmm. think guys like Miles Gaskin uh, uh around too that can complicate this matter are you just staying away from the Dolphins backfield altogether or how are you looking? yeah at
2: this? um you know I know you were a big Chase Edmonds guy and I Still didn't completely am. disagree with that uh necessarily but this was a backfield that I've actually stayed away from pretty much entirely here mostly because uh I, I don't. I can't know enough to make a to make a confident decision here. And I know there are some very smart minds in the fantasy industry that are boasting having more Mostert exposure than any other player. You know, dating back to early best balls. And I I can see the logic based on what once was with Mostert, but people forget that he's thirty years old right now. I think he's not much more than a timeshare back at best, and he's also fifty three percent rostered. So out of all these guys that we're talking about here. Um, you know, he's the least likely to be available. I think we have a couple better options to look at for both week one and for beyond. So I don't wanna I don't want to rip on Mostert too much. Maybe I'm missing something a little bit here, but uh I just I don't know what kind of split we're gonna have here um with these players. And as a result, uh, you know, I'm not rushing to blow fab on him, you know, too early.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Moster thing. And I also believe Edmonds is is going to be good. Like I have him in two leagues, I don't feel great about it, mind you, but I have him in two leagues where he is going to be my running back, too, and that will be fine enough in full-point PPR formats. Mostert, when healthy, is explosive. I'm not positive Tua is going to be doing enough from a quarterback perspective to open up those lanes for Moster to have that opportunity. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens backfield. Was a question mark last year, might still be a question mark this year as well, too. Gus Edwards, we know, at least for certain, will be out for at least the first four games. He's Mm -hmm. been placed in the pup list for the Ravens. However, J.K. Dobbins and his uh, battle with the media, of all people, saying that he will be healthy. And then John yeah. Harbaugh like, no, he actually won't be healthy. We're not positive what's going to happen. What was one. the deal? He got
2: mad that they asked him the question you know, on multiple doing occasions.
1: Their Dobbins has dunked on reporters like Ian Rappaport and others, saying, "No, mm-hmm. I will be ready for Week One. You are wrong for reporting this information, and your sources are stupid." That, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's been direct quotes from Dobbins. But yet here we are, days yeah, away from the start exactly. of Week One, we don't know. and we don't know if Dobbins is going to be healthy. So what does that mean for the backfield?
2: Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's just a matter of last man standing, really, at this point, right now. I mm-hmm. know they signed Kenyon Drake. And you know, pretty late, which kind of was the first clue that something might be up with these guys, right? And I know they also still have Justice Hill, who is a guy that people thought could maybe emerge in the last couple years. We wrote a nice update on him that's you know, you know, ready to break out and ready to make an impact in year four. I'm not quite buying that necessarily yet, Um, but it's a last man standing situation right now. And that last man standing happens to be Mike Davis. And uh, if you don't remember, of course, it's, it's easy to forget a little bit because he's got, you know, the generic name, right? Mike Davis. But he has been productive in the past. He's had some good games, good years, in, or uh, some good games for the Bears is who stands out for me. Um, of course, he kind of lost touches to Cordero Patterson uh, last year. So, you know, maybe that's why he's becoming an afterthought. But the year before... Um, in, 2000, in 2020 with the Panthers, basically, if McCaffrey went down, when McCaffrey went down, if you picked up Mike Davis, you didn't see that much of a drop off, at least for those first six weeks. He was a very, um, you know, a very productive, viable player early on in the season. And I think he could be the same uh, for week one in Baltimore now. I don't there's one running back whose long term outlook I like a little more than I was a little bit surprised at his roster numbers. But if you just need someone week one, for example, if you do have Dobbins or if you get a guy that shows up on the injury report late this week, you know, we'll find out. Stay tuned to Roto-Wire. We'll hook you up. Um, But if you get a guy that shows up late, Mike Davis seems to be the guy that's going to go out and get the most touches at the running back position. And, you know, they get a pretty nice uh, matchup here. It's the Jets, I believe. Yep. Yeah, so that you know they're going to be favored against the Jets. This a should Joe be a Flack positive revenge game. Yes, this should be a positive game script there. And um, yeah, so Mike Davis only twenty six percent rostered, so there's a good chance he's out there. I mean, if you drafted uh, Labor Day weekend here, there's a, there's not a half bad chance that uh, you know he was taken, you know, for those reasons.
1: Oh, sure. I was going to ask. I have J.K. Dobbins in a plethora of leagues, probably more than half a dozen at this point. If Dobbins were to miss week one, how much do you think I should be putting from a waiver wire perspective down? This is this is
2: one of the most challenging questions that we're going to have to answer because you're looking at a short-term Band-Aid here. So um, Quite literally, possibly one week. Yeah, it's literally a one-week Band-Aid. So I don't think I would spend more than 12% okay. of your fab. But the problem is, is if that is your your only hole in your lineup, right? If you left RB2 completely vacant or you did a zero RB strategy and you don't have a better option, you might actually have to go more to get him because, you know, week one, everybody's antsy. Everyone's overanalyzing, right? Everyone's paying more attention week one than they will any other week of the season here. they will see Mike Davis, the starting running back out there, and they might bid up to $18, $20, which to me isn't a good strategy. If you you have to bid that much to get him, I'd be looking at other options on the waiver wire and hopefully we'll give you some here.
1: Yeah, the... The helpful part is that they did sign Kenny Drake, who I don't think is very good anymore, but that might do just enough to take away bids on Mike Davis if the inevitable to occur and Dobbins weren't playing week one again. We don't know that information. We're doing this podcast on Tuesday. Uh, you can certainly check back uh, with us on Twitter on Thursday or Friday yep. or certainly everywhere else on the Road wire platform. I just know a lot of the
2: a lot of the default waiver wire fab is gonna run on Tuesday. I know mm-hmm. we have a couple leagues running on Wednesday and Thursday too. So we just want to lay out all the names hopefully and uh, you know make the workday a little better and give you some
1: options to look at. Yep, JD McKissick, another one interesting at least from a full point PPR perspective. Rostered already in thirty percent of the league. So he might thirty
2: percent is shocking to me. He, he I just might not can't be available. believe thirty percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well it's probably cause of, I'm taking him in every league that I'm in. Uh, uh, yeah, it's more or <laughs> less exactly. in the football It's thirty percent because home. of Joe, because of all the Joe <laughs> leagues. And hey, and I'm taking him too. I, I have him
2: in a couple leagues, a couple best balls. Uh, obviously, you know, you have the Brian Robinson unfortunate situation. We really have absolutely no idea that uh, you know if if or when Brian Robinson is going to come back and play this season. No, no real precedent for that injury. And of course, that leaves Antonio Gibson. And Antonio Gibson has almost been like the Jamar chase of this year's preseason. He's, you know, he's fumbling. He's not, he's not a, good he, comparison. he's not exactly. He's not picking it up. And, um, you know, I think I'm overcorrecting actually with uh, that whole situation. Cause I didn't get any Jamar chase last year. I didn't believe it. And it turned out to be a complete 180. So I'm overcorrecting and actually getting myself some Gibson. I mean, they had him out there returning kicks in the preseason, which is like the worst sign you could have for a running back that you want to have any fantasy viability. Um, So there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hate, a lot of narrative going around with Antonio Gibson. I still believe that he is the best, you know, talent in that backfield if he can get these fumbling issues under control. But if you were a hater on Gibson before the Robinson injury, why would you not absolutely love J.D. McKissick? This is a guy who caught 80 passes a couple seasons ago. So he's just going to be a darling in PPR leagues, and he'll actually have a good, uh, you know, a good role in that offense here and uh, you know the Washington defense the defensive line is pretty solid even Chase though they didn't still hurt yeah even though yeah you're a good point even though they didn't quite live up to uh, you know expectations defensively last year I think he I think the the you know the Washington commanders are going to see more you know negative game script where they're going to have to use their third down back to play a little bit of catch up and uh, you know we'll see what kind of mobility Wentz has anymore you know at this stage in his career after all the injuries was it wasn't it him with the Colts that sprained both his ankles on the same play in week one last year for who James? McKissick no 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 Carson Wentz oh so oh, I'm trying to illustrate a point about his possible lack of mobility and no, uh, using, using the check down this. yeah <laughs> using the check down but but in any case um I would much rather pay six dollars in fab and scoop up McKissick this week for some long term for a long-term asset mm-hmm. than I would to pay twelve dollars in fab for a bandit with Mike Davis is, is what I'm saying and I would I would argue that McKissick at 30 percent that was shocking to me he'd be my top
1: pickup this week okay uh, that's fair We had mentioned the Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett news. There was actually a little bit of depth chart news outside of the quarterback stuff for the Steelers. It's Jalen Warren actually being listed as the top backup to Najee Harris in that situation. You mentioned Najee Harris maybe loses some workload. He had an insane workload last year where if he had injury issues as a result, it would not be surprising to me at all to have Jalen Warren come out of nowhere and now be listed as the backup for the Steelers, is really interesting. There were some smart podcasts three or four weeks ago that have been sniffing around this, and Warren certainly Mm -hmm. profiles as an electric athlete, so it's not really a surprise. But he's at 2% roster right now, and you have mentioned J.D. McKissick as your top Mm -hmm. pickup. I'm going ahead and taking Jalen Warren in any of the NFFC contests or the super deep leagues that we have. Uh, where a guy like that could really pay off, I think, substantially.
2: Yeah, especially if you don't necessarily need a running back to field the lineup week one and maybe drafted in in July or, I don't know, one of my leagues, you know, it was a 14-teamer I did in June. There are guys that are already complete dead weight, and you might as well pick up someone with some upside because Jalen Warren wasn't even on the radar. At that point, uh, it his emergence, if you will, has basically led to Benny Snell being completely fantasy irrelevant. And you know, the draft profile for I was listening to Jeff's sneaky ads the other day. He mentioned that you know, Warren kind of slow for what you want a running back to be in these days, four, five, five. I mean, I I don't know where four, five, five is considered slow, but um, (laughs) I just think about what I ran in high school, but but you were um, an um, offensive lineman, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. So, like seven, eight seconds that wasn't too bad, right? (laughs) Um, no. Uh, but anyway, Jalen Warren, 2% rostered, um, and the magic list Frank words have been associated with Najee Harris. He seems to have uh, him and the Steelers beat reporters, you know, they, they've they gotten in touch with Jeff. They've made it very clear that it's something that he is over, but to hear those magic words with, Har- with uh, Harris make me think, uh, especially if I'm the one who used the first-round draft pick on Harris, I should absolutely be getting myself some Jalen Warren right now, especially if that happened, you know, months ago before any need- – Word of this injury surface.
1: Yeah. So, like, again, I have Naja Harris in the beat Joe Bartle FFC I am bidding on Jalen Warren right now. I think mm-hmm. the NFC waivers run, you know, typically Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. I put a $50 bid on it right now. It's mm-hmm. a $1,000 budget. Yeah. So I was going to say. So that's 5%, a 5%. Yeah. Right. right. I, I think I might have to go higher. Like, the more I'm thinking about mm-hmm. this talk and and more podcasts and yeah. Sites are picking up on this that mm-hmm. he's going to be the back of the Steelers. Yeah. Sometimes that sneaks in on week one in your friends and family league. If it's deeper, you can make that work. But I think in sharper mm-hmm. leagues like that, I, it's yeah. it, it might be a little bit higher than that. No,
2: you're absolutely correct. I think a lot of the standard twelve team leagues, you might throw one or two percent out there just to have a stab at him and replace roster dead weight. But if you're trying to ensure Najee Harris, which you know, if you were trying to handcuff Harris in a draft two months ago, you were definitely taking Benny Snell. Warren wasn't mm-hmm. even on the radar. Now it might be worth spending a little bit, spending up a little bit to make sure you have that backup.
1: There's kind of just a float some of, of backups up for us. Let's go over them real quick. So, you know, Benjamin mm-hmm. uh, now lists this top backup for the Cardinals behind James Conner. Well, that's important because James Conner has had injury problems throughout his career. In fact, it was surprising that he was healthy at all last season and, and remained healthy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have Chase Edmonds spill take over that workload for him. We're going to have to see if Eno Benjamin fits in or if it is more of just uh, James Conner doing James Conner stuff. You have Zamir White now listed as a top backup for the Raiders. Of course, they cut Kenny Mm -hmm. Drake. Uh, There was Amir Abdullah, which – raise your hand if you remember where he was from. Mm -hmm. That's a – Second round pick for the Lions back in like 2013. Was Nebraska. Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised Amir Abdullah is even in the league anymore. So I, I was shocked. He's floated
2: around for a long time. That we were I even mean, saying Brandon Bolden's back on up. this roster too, if we remember him with the Patriots. Josh McDaniels
1: so. has got some question marks, and then there's also Rex Burkhead, who's officially the backup for the Texans. I took the Texans. Rex Burkhead
2: in my 10 team league last night, oh. and I was like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Is that just the guy that you know? They but, forgot Damon Pierce. Yes. That's yeah. Nice. No, I took Damon Pierce. Everybody forgot about him. But, I was going to uh,
1: say so. Three weeks ago, I would have thought Damon Pierce would be a guy that we'd be talking on the podcast. But since Marlon Mack was cut and Pierce was named the starter for the Texans, he's mm-hmm. not only not a waiver wire pickup; he was a guy that's going in the fifth or sixth round in yeah. drafts, which is was I way still too think high he
2: was game. around like a twelfth round pick. If we go back to June, I should I should research that a little right, bit. Yes. He was still he still was being taken because I don't think anybody thought really that Marlon Mack was going to come in and be the bell cow there. And uh, and maybe more so in best balls than leagues that we're drafting early. But uh, obviously if Damon Pierce is, is out on on the waiver wire, he's a 75% <laughs> of your budget or greater type guy. Uh,
1: is there any one of those true backups that we mentioned that you're interested in at all?
2: Um, beyond Warren. I think Warren has the most upside. Um, the rest of them are, might be a little bit injury dependent for me.
1: Okay. I, I, I tend to agree too. And if I was looking at more backups, it is Jalen Warren or it is, Whoever the technical backup is behind Joe Mixon for the Bengals, these offenses, whether it be Zamir White um, and the Raiders or Rex Burke and the Texans, I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable. I guess Zamir is interesting to some extent because Jacobs has been a little bit of injury prone, but he's played a lot of games even though he's been hurt. I, I it would be more like I'm staying away from that spot. So mm-hmm. uh, before we transition to the wide receivers, let's get another word from our sponsors, Vivid Seats. Hey, football fans, get your jerseys on and your tail, uh, tailgate snacks ready. I'm really ready for that, but that's week two for the Packers. That's right. NFL season is back, and so is your chance to score tickets with Vivid Seats. Download the Vivid Seats app or visit VividSeats.com to see your team's schedule, compare tickets, and secure your spots in the stands. As the only ticket company with a reward program, Vivid Seats is the winning app for NFL fans like you. Earn credit when you buy 10 tickets, then cashed in to catch more games all season long. With tickets from Vivid Seats, you'll go watching the game to be a part of it. Go to vividseats.com or find us in the App Store to browse unbeatable seats. We'll see you in the stadium. I love to hear, I love to hear that. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm, uh let's, let's move over to the wide receivers. Uh, I, this one was a little thinner for me when I was this You must have been together. talking to our uh, head honcho, Shannon, who is is driving this Titans train in particular. Right yeah. I, I'll let you go and – the details
2: so there are uh there are two receivers here that are interesting robert woods of course he was taken in all these drafts here but you know we're trying to look at the wide receiver two for tennessee and it was a very complicated situation really it was trailing burks that played the most during the preseason he was out there a ton he got a ton of reps he managed to come through all of this healthy but then you have to think is it a good sign that he's playing in the preseason or is it a not so good sign Behind the scenes, people seem to be talking a ton about Burks and making him a ton of hype, and he's only 46% rostered on um, on Yahoo Leagues right now. I got him as a $4 player in Stake League, which is a 14-team league. I got him as a $2 player in a 12-team possible keeper league, where who knows, maybe I could keep him for that next year if he breaks out. I've heard tons of Burks hype, but... There are two sides of this narrative, of course, here. If we think that he'll be eased in and maybe not really break out until later in the season, the guy that's left to start as the number two player is Nick Westbrook-Akeen, and he has shown um at times that he is – is productive he has been uh useful in the red zone he's 25 years old he's as of our note just yesterday he's listed as the starter alongside robert woods on the unofficial posted depth chart um and, and then of course then you have burks right there at number three here so um you know westbrook keen undrafted free agent out of indiana like i said 25 years old six two two eleven. he's a guy that Again, is not going to turn into some league-winning type of pick. Like who knows, maybe Burks could, you know, could be, or at least be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Westbrook akeen is potentially startable in a deeper format um, in week one. Whereas Burks is someone that you should absolutely watch. If if you don't need to start a wide receiver three, I'm picking up Burks and hanging on to him for a couple of weeks to see if he can emerge. If I need an emergency start option week one, I'm going Westbrook akeen
1: Real quick, Jake, without looking, can you name the second wide receiver for the Falcons? So it's Kyle Pitts and, and Drakeland. Who is next?
2: It um, ain't Russell Gage anymore. Nope. Um,
1: oh, boy. Yeah. I probably Brian can. Edwards, the, the former Brian Raiders Edwards. third round pick, is now your starter wide receiver mm-hmm. opposite of Drakeland. So Kyle I Pitt. see where you're going. No, here. so I mentioned this because just because you're starting doesn't mean you're good or we care. Mm hmm. I, I like we might have Westbrook Keen listed as the starter for the Titans. He might end up playing 85, 90% of the snaps. We had the same issue with Jalen Guyton for the last two years doing this mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, Jalen Guyton's playing 95% of the snaps, for the Chargers. You look at his box. There's chart, always those. One catch yep. for 18 yards. I'm, I'm not convinced Westbrook Keene is going to be that guy that you can comfortably rely on. Even if he is listed as a starter mm-hmm. deeper leagues, I understand it. It's yep. the same reason you're not interested in Brian Edwards, even know who he might be. Uh, I like the Burks play and especially in your keeper format, um, where you can get him cheaper like that, mm-hmm. that makes complete sense to me. There's yeah. upside with Burks.
2: Yeah, the whole narrative where you need until the third season as a rookie to really break out has been shattered by guys like Chase and Justin Jefferson, who are now the top, you know, the top options before their third season. So it is possible to get some of these guys going. But if you don't want to mess around with that Titans offense, and I can very much understand why you might not, there are still some uh, players that are around the 40% threshold That might be worth a look here. At least startable guys that I feel like will get you a few catches. here. I love all these
1: names here. I feel like,
2: again, now Jacoby Myers takes some heat. He's not, again, not not necessarily a league-winning player or a flashy pick when you're getting him in the double-digit rounds. But Jacoby Myers is 41% rostered. All suggestions seem to think that he has good chemistry with Mac Jones. It's their second year together. He's not a touchdown guy, obviously. He doesn't score. I don't know if people are expecting any kind of positive touchdown regression, but he is a possible PPR beast, and I have got uh, quite a bit of Jacoby Myers. The one issue is that he has been dealing with a little bit of a leg injury. We're going to see on the injury reports uh, you know, what happens and who, where he's coming out this week. But uh, you know, Jacoby Myers, and then you're looking at Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Hagelor on this depth chart a couple of solid tight ends here but I think Myers is the guy that will lead the Patriots in receptions by the end of the year and uh you know we we know a history of you know players who lead the Patriots in receptions being PPR beasts so I think uh Myers is being definitely a little bit undervalued.
1: So I don't know if it's Myers necessarily cuz the, the talent I completely get. We mentioned this last week though. Who's your offensive coordinators for the Patriots this year? Mm-hmm. It's a combo of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Yeah. And we've had historically bad beat writer uh, comments, not just for one week or two weeks, like it was for the Joe Burrow Bengals last mm-hmm. year, but the entire preseason long as Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, again, the offensive coordinators for the Patriots, yeah. are trying to implement a Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> Sean McVay scheme. I just, Jacoby Myers is really talented, and yeah. you have to catch past the NFL. Like mm-hmm. Somebody has to, but that's my reservation. It has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the talent of Jacoby Myers. It's everything to do with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, yeah. as again, I will repeat for the third time offensive coordinators for the Patriots.
2: It's yeah. crazy. So, okay, so to me, the floor is you cut him after a couple weeks. The ceiling is he's this year's Hunter Renfro.
1: Okay.
2: And that's probably a pretty bold statement. But, you know, this year's Hunter Renfro, obviously you saw what happened to him next year in drafts. I think that the way Bill Belichick manages his organization, micromanages, if you will, if he starts to see cracks or he starts to th- see these things slipping, he's been doing this long enough that he's going to find a
1: way to get it correct. I think he's been doing it too long. That's the issue. That's what how Matt <laughs> – Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are quartered. All recordings. right, we're gonna, we're gonna just Landry. have to agree
2: to disagree on this. And yes, go to Jarvis, Jarvis Landry.
1: Landry. I was gonna mention all three. So Jarvis Landry, Sky Moore, and Michael Hardman all are in the 30 to 40 percent roster rate right at the moment. Jarvis Landry, obviously new receiver for the Saints. We mentioned Jameis Winston earlier as a top pickup at quarterback going against the Falcons. That's an interesting name if Winston's looking in the slot. Uh, then there's Sky Moore and the Michael Hartman problem. One of those two probably is going to pop off. Mm-hmm. Jake sure hopes so because he's been triple doubling yeah. down on the Chiefs offensive stack, but we don't know which one is going mm-hmm. to actually do that.
2: So, so what's your thoughts? Yeah. That? So this is, uh, this, I had a lot of personal applicable lessons here, <laughs> um, you know, on my own teams that I can kind of share here. Uh, so a lot of, and there are several leagues, you know, in deeper leagues especially where I've drafted Sky Moore as my third expensive receiver, third most expensive, or my third receiver period in the draft. And uh, and then, ended up taking Jarvis Landry as a $1 player or someone at the end. Week one, I'm actually starting Jarvis Landry first because I have more confidence in the volume there. I don't, you know, we had this conversation about the Chiefs third receiving options not being historically great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to just see how the target share, uh, you know, you know, splits out here because it could easily be a situation where it's and Marquez Valdez scanling it's MVS heavy early on in the season, and then Sky Moore kind of starts to get going as things go on. He's now working, I have, he's learning, yeah, right? exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you know I've got enough Sky Moore, not ready to cut bait with him after the first couple of weeks. But in Snake league in particular, for example, I'm starting Jarvis Landry over Sky Moore because I think it, it's a little bit safer week one. You know, and, and I'm not expecting huge blow up games, but I'm going Jarvis Landry. And and if your receivers again, this is kind of a theme we've been talking about. If your receivers are all set in your lineup. For Week One, then um, then go ahead and grab Sky Moore just for the long term upside. He's someone that you absolutely want to take a look at. I'm less high on Mikael Hardman. I think we know what we're getting out of him at this point, and we'd much rather roll the dice on a bench spot with
1: Sky Moore. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> near any any of those guys, but more power to you if you want to make that upside play, especially for Sky yeah. Moore. I think. I mean, um, what if you drafted Tim Patrick? You know, in, in
2: a deep league, or what if? uh I don't know. I mean, I took John Michi in a. You know, I hope he his situation. Mm-hmm. He gets well. I took him in a fourteen team league. You know, these are some guys that you know well, you may be or using may those not
1: as water shooter threes though.
2: No, no, absolutely okay. not. I mean, that's, but that's like where, okay. So, yeah. I mean, these are guys that you absolutely want to. You know. It, Just don't carry dead weight on your roster, man. I'll say this a million times over over the year. You might think, oh, I have my starting lineup. I don't need to worry about Fab this week. You know, yeah, you do, because that's how leagues are won and lost. And never having any dead weight on your roster is a huge part of that. If you auto-drafted and have a second kicker or a defense, if you took Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, one of those top five quarterbacks, and are sitting with a backup quarterback, you don't need to be having that you on your roster. I
1: will defend to the day that I think having two defenses is fine. So how dare you lump that one you can, in there? Uh,
2: maybe we'll get this at, <laughs> towards the end, but the only way you can have two defenses if like, if is if you're in the playoffs and you're looking ahead to the next week and you can stomach it and the roster can stomach it. There are, there are very rare situations where that is okay. And uh, yeah, we'll probably argue about that forever, but uh,
1: uh, a couple more names here. Yeah. B has a question actually. And I think this kind of ties into a little bit we're discussing. So, I would assume it's three waiver wire wide receivers to pick up. Of these three, Isaiah McKenzie, popular slot option for the Bills after the Cole Beasley cut. You have Josh Palmer, also popular third wide receiver for the Chargers. And then K.J. Osborne, who has really climbed up, I think, a lot of people's uh, pickup rankings over the past two or three weeks as the Vikings have solidified him as their uh, third third wide receiver after Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Of those three, Jake, is there one that you like more than the other?
2: Yeah, there is one. Now, again, I put KJ Osborne on here as an eleven percent rostered player, and as somebody that can uh, that can uh, you know possibly have a breakout season here. I still think there's room for a third kind of big play guy, and then you know if something obviously were to happen to the one or two guys, then he would suddenly uh, you know be a, a top option in Minnesota. But I think the guy that I like the most. Out of this group, and I'm going to trust, because, uh, again, we're talking wide receiver threes here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the guy I'm going to trust the most out of this group is Isaiah McKenzie, um, and we'll see what happens with Jameson Crowder. Now, part of that is crowdsourcing. McKenzie is 52% rostered um mm-hmm. in, in Yahoo. That leagues. one's surprising
1: to me. Yes,
2: yeah, Someone took McKenzie in my 10-teamer huh. last night, too. He's getting a, a ton of hype. Um, and I mean, I personally like Gabriel Davis. I didn't like the price he was at this year necessarily because after digs, there's uh, you know, it's, it's closer than people think. And I think that's being reflected in the market right now uh, with Isaiah McKenzie here. I would, I would go with Isaiah McKenzie. I don't necessarily know I'd start him week one against the Rams, but um, I think he might be the best one to start week one out of that group and the best rest of season out of that group. Uh, Just depending on, you know, you know, I mean, we'll see how things go. Uh, He's got to pretty much beat out a veteran in Jamison Crowder. And I think, uh, you know, I I don't know. Isaiah McKenzie had stretches that were similar to Gabriel Davis's hot stretch at the end of last year. McKenzie's just happened earlier. So we know it can happen. And just on that chance that the market was wrong on Gabriel Davis, which I don't think is quite the case, but enough to hedge with the McKenzie pickup when faced with those other options.
1: So I, I would, cheap honestly if you're asking me this question i would i would say go get uh Warren, the backup for the steelers or <laughs> of one course. of these well like, i think the running back position is more valuable than wide receiver six or seven which i think all three of these sort of lump into mm-hmm. i lean towards osborne of the three if i had to pick josh palmer isaiah mckenzie osborne only because i i see such a narrow funnel for the vikings offense and by mm-hmm. default somebody, a fourth guy, right? I think fourth being Irv Smith is three, Jefferson and Thielen are one and I two. I almost
2: put Delvin Cook ahead of Irv Smith.
1: Okay, but even still, like... the so i diff- are looking at I'm a Okay, sure. But there has to be somebody that, that develops in the mm-hmm. Viking system. I would have thought, last year we mentioned it, Amir Smith-Marset. Well, he got cut, picked by the Bears, yep. but he's not there. So, like, Osborne really has a clear runway. I, I think the Chargers have a lot of different things they can do offensively, and while Palmer's going to play... I don't know if he gets a lot of targets. Yeah. The same thing happens for the Bills, too, and you factor in Singletary and James Cook and Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's a lot of different ways in which they Absolutely. can beat you, and that doesn't include yeah. Josh Allen running. So that's yeah. where I go with Osborne. Right. To put
2: it in as few words as possible, I'm I'm selecting <laughs> between three wide receiver threes. Even if I didn't see the names, I'll take the one on the best offense in possibly the entire league, though. The Chargers, close. They might be sneaking up on
1: them. Yeah, they certainly might be. Of those three receivers, I would actually bench all of them for whoever ends up starting for the Packers. And I think it's important to outline this because we don't know. This Alan, is a mess.
2: This is are, a complete mess. Joe and mess. I are, you know, we're, you can hear us be homers on this show all the time, um, but I could not tell you, um, you know, right now I could not confidently tell you who's going to get the most reset. Well, I mean, Lazard, but of course Lazard, the whole reason this conversation comes up <laughs> we don't know if is because Lazard, yeah, we don't know if he's going to play week one. He was working off to the side, I believe yesterday. And uh, man, and then that leaves us with a very convoluted, stretch of players and that have all had, um, you know, positive that have all had different narratives going on. I mean, you know, Sammy Watkins should be the best one on paper, the most experience as of right now, you know, we'll see in 24 hours, but as of right now, he's not injured and we'll see if he can make it through week one and other games. Randall Cobb obviously has trust. With uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, R- Romeo Dobbs has uh, gotten more looks this preseason and has been all the hype guy. And Christian Watson now apparently looks like he might be healthy, and and he's got Rodgers saying how he brings a whole new different dynamic, different type of receiver than he's had before, and interpret that how you will. So the uh, ownership distribution actually has Dobbs at 32%, Watkins 21%, Watson 10%, and Cobb only 4%. I disagree with that. I think if I had to start one of those guys week 1, it would probably be Watkins, but man, I don't feel great about it.
1: Okay, so I'm I I'm not really in a pinch, but I'm I'm trying to do what you're doing and mentioning like let's any any loose pieces in my roster, I want to make sure I'm, I'm churning them through. And I think Randall Cobb is actually kind of interesting in this specific scenario. Mm-hmm. He's the one that Rodgers has the most confidence yeah. in by far. You think about this specific Absolutely. match against the Vikings, that pass rush should be pretty good. It's a hostile environment mm-hmm. uh, in Minnesota. I don't actually think anybody of these guys can do that well. But I think Cobb is the safest. Mm-hmm. Like If you really, in a full-point PPR league, had to say, hey, who's going to give me 10 points? I think I go yeah. Randall Cobb. However, Jake, I'm willing to do this right now. Our very first official call board bet. Yeah, I think Sammy Watkins outscores Jarvis Landry in points this week. What say you?
2: Ooh, um, it's really hard to take the bet on that because we have no idea about Lazard. I actually think I uh, I would agree with you um, in this situation. I think even if
1: Lazard plays, I think Sammy Watkins outscores mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry. And again, yeah. I think the Packers struggle in Minnesota. This is more. Like I think Jarvis Landry is just a. He did all, mm-hmm. all sorts of bad. Watkins, when yeah. he's healthy, is going to play. I think he's mm-hmm. clearly the opposite outside receiver yeah. besides Lazard. It's a matter of what kind of runway he has and how long he stays yeah. healthy.
2: And people, I think, just automatically underestimate Watkins because he came into the league when he was 21 years old in mm-hmm. 2014. This is his age 29 season here you know he's yeah. not quite on the wrong side of 30 yet obviously the health and injuries have been an issue throughout his career but this is this will be now what his one, two three four this will be his fifth season playing 10 or more games at least so he's out there a reasonable amount i guess you know I, will you bank 16 games absolutely not that hasn't happened since his rookie season but he week a week guy-
1: one, uh, Sammy is always the high scorer too. Right? The exactly. Chiefs, he did oh, and the, you can the do the too. yeah.
2: You can do the whole Steve Smith thing where you pick him up. He goes nuts week one. He, you ship him. You, mm-hmm. you sell high right away. So that's another reason to maybe take a
1: look at. I, it. I like I like Sammy Watkins and, and the other part of this too for the Matt Lafleur offenses. He wants run blocking wide receivers. That's why Lazard always played last year, even though he wasn't getting targets. Sammy Watkins was the seventh highest rated run blocking wide receiver by PFF mm-hmm. standards. I don't like PFF all the time, but when it helps my narrative, I will go I will
2: roll with it. That's a great angle to look at. I hadn't even considered that. So uh, that's I, not what I think of when I think of Sammy Watkins. I wouldn't necessarily. either, and that's exactly
1: why I memorized it. It's like, oh wait, he's actually a good run blocker. Well, that fits perfectly. And it makes sense why the Packers identified him out of all those other uh veteran wide receivers to go ahead and target earlier this offseason. I, I like him if you have to, if you have to really struggle, you're probably losing your week one match if you're playing watkins at all this league we, that that's the mm-hmm. one i would go over really any of these other names that we mentioned here. yeah um, i
2: might actually you know in a 14 team league that starts two flex spots i may or may not be end up uh starting watkins it's going to be between i've got to pick two out of the three like mckissick kenneth gainwell and sammy watkins
1: watkins would be my choice yeah
2: yeah and and, uh, and right now he's in there but over gainwell i'm taking mckissick and watkins but you know that could always change here in these next couple of days.
1: Any other wide receivers you feel like we should mention, Jake? I threw Michael Gallup on the list. Oh, that's, that's kind a of a hold.
2: Thirty-five percent. Um. uh I mean, if wide receiver two there is is uh, Jalen Tolbert until until further notice. Um. I mean,
1: this Tol- Cowboys offense. Can we outline the Gallup situation because this is important? So we we thought Michael Gallup was going to miss time until like November. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. oh, wait, well, he'll at least miss the first four yeah. weeks. The Cowboys didn't even choose to put yeah. him on the pop him. Like so that means he'll be back before four weeks. He's available to play before four weeks. I love this pickup if you have leagues that you can stash injured players on. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you'd be a injured perfect reserve, reserve, IR guy. That, that's a great thing. I'm actually going to look at that right now. Oh, Super no, league. Let's Jake see hints, uh, when I shouldn't be. But <laughs> oh no,
2: you're not in this one. I'm just looking on the <laughs> Yahoo league. I only have one league that does, uh, uh, that does injured reserve there. Uh,
1: the Gus Edwards is the same way too. Like if there are leagues that you can, you can stash these players in injured reserve Gallup is by far my preferred choice at 35% roster. I think that's a fantastic name and that he's going to be back before four weeks. That's a huge deal because Jalen Tolbert has not impressed thus far for the Cowboys. Uh, based off what the beat reporters have been Mm -hmm. saying. They have tough matchups, but Gallup's going to miss this first one. Uh, I like him a lot if you are Mm -hmm. in a league that can stash injured players.
2: And, I mean, like I said, there's always – there's been – in this similar offensive scheme, there's been room for a productive wide receiver too. When Amari Cooper was around, CeeDee Lamb and Gallup were both useful at the same time. So uh, definitely worth looking at there. Um, I threw just real quick. Rondell Moore on this list. He was surprisingly low. I like him too. And, uh, you know, he could be, he's a gadget guy that could get used in unique ways. Plus. Plus, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended, so he could be someone. He's someone that I took with late-round flyers in either leagues where that are keeper leagues or leagues where I had Kyler Murray just to hope to get you know something out of that stack. And Alec Pierce from the Colts. Uh, Kevin Payne just mentioned in his Waiver Wire article, he does the ri- written version of this for RotoWire wire every week. He was talking about just how injury-prone Paris Campbell tends to be, which might leave, by default, Alec Pierce, the wide receiver, two we had Michael Pittman. And, again, we'll see with this offense um, – you know, this will be one of the more run heavy offenses in the league. So we'll see if a wide receiver too can flourish in that offense. But Alec Pierce might be someone to maybe take a
1: peek at. I took Rondell Moore around 10 in my beat, Joe Bartolomeo FFC, a couple weeks ago. I, that was like a tremendous pick for this ADP at the time. I still feel pretty good about that, even with um, Marquise Brown returning to health. That was kind of my thought. Well, if Brown's mm-hmm. out. Moore's gonna have even more runway. But this is more because DeAndre yeah. Hopkins
2: out for the next six and, weeks. And oh uh, yeah, again, more banged up, but he came back to practice, only twenty nine percent
1: rostered. Yeah. I, I think both of those make complete sense and are ones that are more long term plays. Um, before we get to the tight ends and everyone's popular waiver wire pick, by Isaiah likely. Uh, let's get a word from our sponsors. Monkey Knife Fight Football is officially back. A Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, you've got plenty of that too. A Monkey Knife Fight. There's no sharks, no salary caps, no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win. Daily fantasy player props. Join now, at MonkeyFightKnife.com, and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RW. NFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to one hundred dollars. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today and get that one hundred dollars deposit matched instantly. I mentioned it, Isaiah Likely. It's been a very popular uh, wave aware pick because he's has not he's had an outstanding preseason and. Mm-hmm. As we know, it's Mark Andrews, yep. Rashad Bateman, and what else for the Ravens offense. Exactly. Can you and outline the situation for yeah. us more with Isaiah Likely?
2: Yeah, the thing is, is the Ravens put a depth chart out and they even threw Nick Boyle there at number two, but I think of him maybe more a little bit more as a blocker. He's and a block, he gets yeah. that veteran presence here. Uh the Ravens are a team. You know, I mentioned the Colts being one of the more run-heavy teams by nature. I think the Ravens will be right up there in terms of, you know, teams that are slanted towards the run on the run pass percentage. And the Ravens like to use a lot of two tight end sets, and that's really the only reason that puts uh, tight end three, I guess, on the depth chart in play. Likely was the preseason darling. He was taken as a dollar player in a 12-team redraft auction I did this weekend, which might be a little bit aggressive. But at the same time, uh, if you can, if, again, if if you did a two tight end league that drafted really early, he probably wasn't on the radar or if you have yeah, uh I if like you're not point. so sure about your tight end position, you might want to think about him. I think uh Zach Ertz might is a little bit banged up. If you took him, who I like, you know, the whole season, if he's a little bit banged up and you need a plug and play, he could be an option that you look at here. Um I'd waver quite a bit on starting him week one until we see what type of snap count he's going to get, what type of route run percentage he's going to have. We have all those stats. That's Jerry on exactly. Yeah. Yep, exactly, exactly. We'll see his article soon. But he seems to be the hottest tight end pickup that I that I put down. But there are a couple more guys that may or may not be worth a look.
1: I just want to specify that's a mistake. Like I, I think the Isaiah Likely hype is is way too incredibly mm-hmm. high right now. In Dynasty and Keeper Leagues, Fine, like maybe you could stash him for a buck or whatever. Is he the Marquez
2: Calloway of? uh, Yeah, that's a great comparison, and and
1: even more so at tight end. I think at least he didn't
2: get bumped up to like the eighth round. You know,
1: we're also thirsty to find the next big thing at tight end. And I'm just telling you guys, there isn't one. Uh, We haven't seen likely. Do this workload with Lamar Jackson, which I think is uniquely important in the scenarios. Oh, yes. But just because they only have Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman doesn't mean there is going to be a third guy that pops up. The Ravens' offense is uniquely suited for Lamar Jackson's rushing ability, so I'm I'm not convinced I lay, Isaiah likely as is anybody that even like in a. 14 team league like fine last pick whatever i'm just yeah, not. it going might that have
2: direction. to be a two tight end league it really you know, is which i think what is scott fishbowl two tight ends yeah still? scott fishbowl's yeah, got a so, lot of stuff with it yeah yeah there's a lot going on there but yeah two tight end leagues i've seen pop up i know the old the old sopa league they used to draft that mm-hmm. was two tight ends for a while um but there are a couple other more mainstream names that we can uh entertain you guys with uh robert tanyan did everyone forget about bobby t or baby Kittle? i remember we had the great nickname <laughs> debate of like 2020 because he missed <laughs> he all of last season um You never know what you're going to get with a guy like him coming back from injury, and he's not even guaranteed to play week one, but I actually like him as a possible tight end stash here. You know, we mentioned, obviously, there's no Devontae Adams in Green Bay this year. There is a a four-pack of receivers with two rookies that we really don't know how it's going to shake out. Rodgers, when he's had a tight end, has used the tight end, and at least there's some chemistry with Robert Tanyan in, in the past. He's only 22% rostered. I think we have to think of him. A couple other more mainstream names. Remember when Logan Thomas got that big contract from the Commanders, oh, yeah. and then he got mm-hmm. hurt, and then everybody forgot about him. He was a very viable tight end at one point. We'll see what happens coming back from injury. But he's only seven percent rostered. I mean, there are names out there. If you punted tight end at this position, I mean, this year, and it's starting to make me regret all the Kelsey exposure I got here towards the end. I was pretty much on Earth. Kelsey, I did not get as much pits as I would have liked, but that's me personally. So Logan Thomas still hasn't uh, injury tag, knee designation, uncer- uncertain for Week One. So similar situation with uh, Danyan, and then of course uh, I think people underrate Noah Fant a little bit. Obviously Geno Smith's uh, throwing him the ball. He got you know moved over with Locke in that trade here um, before Kyle Pitts came into the league. Everyone kind of had a similar outlook on Noah Fand, a wide receiver build, incredibly athletic. There were some drop issues with Denver, of course, uh, but he did have some – he showed some pretty good games when even with Drew Locke. So I think uh, he could be a guy that easily – um emerges as a tight end people pick up but why not get him right now for zero if you can afford the roster spot and then uh you know i know tight or i know touchdown only leagues exist and i still think <laughs> that mo alley cox maybe this is my uh college basketball editor in me but mo alley cox a former uh, i believe is a vcu uh rebounding stud he can uh, go up and get rebounds with the football in the corner of the end zone and score some touchdowns he'll get a few i bet you he'll score four or five touchdowns maybe more for the colts this year
1: yeah I'll be really interested to see what the Colts tight end playing time is because everyone assumes it's gonna be Molly Cox maybe maybe that is the case. They did mm-hmm. draft that the athletic freak in Jelaney Woods in the third round. He did not have a great training camp. But mm-hmm. I think when you're saying, Hey, let's get the six foot yeah. five guy that runs a four, five, five, forty, mm-hmm. Uh, at 270 pounds on the field. I think yeah. it's actually... Six, Kyle seven.
2: Granson was a fourth-round pick. I he tore up... his
1: ACL. He's out. Oh, oh. oh sorry, sorry. I'm Kyle and Granson. Ogletree. Ob- was... I'm thinking of Ogletree. Ogletree. No, Who yeah. Kyle and season?
2: Granson was uh, just... Uh...
1: I was going to mention Granson. He, he did I think play he in all 17 plays.
2: games last year. So, yeah, he could, he could definitely play I think he's the starter,
1: bit. technically, over I uh,
2: The one missing piece of my uh, of my dynasty team is tight end, and I'm rostering. Five tight ends right now on our 20-man roster. One's Noah roster. Fant too, right? Yeah, one's Noah Fan, and then I've got Henry and Janu, and i got Josiah Deguara, Tanyan's backup in Green Bay, and, of course, Kyle Granson, but... Um, You know, they're obviously going to be some of my first cuts if I need a guy. Yeah, very, I, I think
1: Grantson actually will be a really interesting case if he plays more mm-hmm. than Moa Hawks. But from do you a touchdown perspective. Do you want to
2: trade for him with a couple of first-round picks I would stuck like
1: in there? I would like to not make any deals with you whatsoever. Your team is already too good, and I already hear about it too often. So, no, I will not trade with you in your dynasty league at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if I
2: throw you, in I'll never mention it on the show again ooh, part of the that actually
1: might be worth as many first-round picks ooh. as you <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, now
2: we're wheeling and dealing. You can always mm-hmm. make the circumstances go in your favor here.
1: <laughs> Let's talk real kicker uh real quick kickers or defensive pickups. Uh you know me, I've been targeting the yeah. 49ers in weeks one and two and steelers three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm set at defense for the first four weeks because my strategy works, Jake. But if you weren't going my strategy and having two defenses, What would you go with
2: yeah um funny enough i actually took the bills a little early in a 10 teamer last night just to get the top of a tier um but anyway we're looking at streaming defenses this is a show i think you and i are both on team kill kill not kill kickers but team no kickers (laughs) i guess i took that a little over the top but, but team no kicker and and we think you know idps are probably superior to defense but we realize that having kickers and defense is the default on most sites and and most people's favorite way to play here so um You know, kickers, I always think of uh, the highest team implied total that's indoors. Easy way to pick up your kicker every week. You don't need to go too deeper than that. Um, But defenses actually might have a little bit of skill. So um, you throw out a few of them. I think the Bengals against the Steelers and Mitch Trubisky, they could be productive. Um, They're under our threshold. The Titans get Daniel Jones at home. They're only 37%. They're decent. And I also don't mind the Browns against Baker Mayfield. Uh, That could be a a defense that uh people are thinking about now Jerry in his streaming defense article puts both the Panthers and the Browns in his top 5 here um I'm interested to see my- <laughs> that's
1: interesting that low is very game. interesting
2: yes low scoring game here i mean the team implied total is uh it's like the the Panthers 22 the Browns 19 um yeah and i guess some of those rankings have future weeks to go i guess uh I don't know, maybe I'd almost rather have the home team in that, but I think Miles Garrett has a chance to ball out. He seems like he's pretty angry and uh, and can make some things happen. Well, but that's the part of it. Chances are you're starting the defense that you took first overall, right. or the, your first defense that yeah. you took, and you probably factored week one matchup when you were making that decision, especially if it was one of the last ones of the
1: draft. The the Browns are going to be an interesting case. <laughs> um, defensively, they're really good. Miles Garrett, you mentioned, fantastic. What happens when you play with not one hand tied behind your back, but both? Because that is what Jacoby Brissett is going to be doing as your starting quarterback for the Browns for the first 11 weeks. I think that has to be demoralizing, no matter how good defensively you are. Or this will be like the 2000 Ravens when they played with Trent Dilferm on the Super Bowl and <laughs> literally just carry the team into the promised land. I'm not, I'm not positive uh, how that's going to look. So that does it for us on the World Aware NFL podcast. You know what? Hold we on. We got a lot of players today. I was going to say, we, we got we a whole a- lot of
2: players today. Any news that we missed? I don't
1: think so. I think we're clean. Well, I'm Jake, looking right now. Real quick. Um, would you rather keep for rest of season, Jerry Judy or Sammy Watkins? Pretty clearly Jerry Judy, right? Yeah, that's uh, okay. definitely Jerry
2: Judy. Yeah, I, don't I think would agree that with that. And then how yep.
1: about Rondell Moore or Isaiah McKenzie?
2: Oh man, if you, uh, this is
1: rest of season, so you're factoring in Hopkins coming back at some point.
2: Yeah, maybe. I think I just need to turn to my personal exposure to answer this and uh, go with Rondell Moore.
1: I I would think so too. I'm I think there's a the, higher ceiling. I'm there. not like the the question was kind of phrase funny like Judy Judy's a sixth round wide receiver Sammy Watkins you can get in the 14th round or off of waivers that's pretty clear I mean but I would take
2: only 21% rostered
1: I would take Watkins over Isaiah McKenzie so like I'll go Jerry Judy Rondell Moore then Watkins I think Watkins for however long he's gonna be healthy is going to be on the field enough and by default he's on the field he'll be a target. That's, that's fantasy relevance to me. I'm not convinced Isaiah McKenzie is the guy for us in on that one. So, um, sorry, I just want to get to that question real quick before all we right. sign yeah, off. Yeah, I'm glad you got those in there. So. All right. You. Again, that does it for us in the Tuesday, September 6th edition of the Broadway NFL podcast. Last one season starts Thursday. I cannot wait. Uh, we will be doing this on throughout the rest of the season. So thanks everyone for listening.
3: The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place.